Hello, I'm Claire Cooper. And I'm April Wilde. It's time to kick back, relax, and surrender. Surrender. Welcome to With Intention Podcast, a place where we grow, we flow, we delve deeper, and peel back those layers and just learn a little bit more. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome to With Intention Podcast and thank you for tuning into this episode today. We do have a very, very special guest but before I get into that, I just want to thank everybody who's been downloading, who's been sharing, reviewing, you're supporting our our passion project that April and I have begun. And uh, April at the moment is actually in Florida with her family, having a bit of downtime. She's heavily pregnant and my goodness, she deserves it. She works incredibly hard. Right. But first, let's talk about our guest. Can you guess who this is? Now, this is somebody that we would recognize on TV globally, but also you would probably recognize from my Instagram page. That's a massive hint. Can you guess? Ocean. (laughs) It's my wonderful husband, Emmett J. Scanlon, and a phenomenal actor who I am inspired by every single day. Welcome to the show, Emmett. Oh, thank you so much for having me, baby. It's really, it's a real pleasure to be on the podcast. And you speak very, very highly of me. I do. I do. I, I think you're an amazing actor. person, but when we're on a podcast, <laughs> it's, we're on a podcast it's amazing. Yeah, it's, everything changes. But no, um, <laughs> you, you know that I think you're a phenomenal actor and you are such an inspiration, not only in acting, but in, just in life in general. You are uh, always optimistic. You are always very positive and, and you are one of these people that I find that people flock to you. Your friends come to you. People that you don't really know come to you. You're very incredibly generous. You've got an open heart. Right, that's enough Thank now. You. Your ego's getting too big. <laughs> um, You're going to tell them the, the setting that we're in Oh, right yes. Now. So basically we have my mum in our house and we've escaped into Emmett's car and we're recording it here because it is quiet and it's not in our house. So here we are and there's a full moon which which is all about releasing. Which is, uh, I keep getting it mixed up. He it? does. Is, for 10 years, he doesn't know the difference between new moons and, and full moons. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm used to it now. I just say, yeah, it's releasing time. Or Although you can manifest in the full moon as well. Yeah. But we could, we'll, we'll touch on manifesting uh, later cool. on, yeah, yeah. if you don't mind. Yeah, but yeah. let's talk about just you getting up every day. Um, what's your daily life start? Like, what, what's, your, what's your go-to routine on a morning? Um... I like to uh, I like to introduce habits. I, uh, I I try to be a slave to those habits, good ones that is. I get up as you know, very very early. I'm an early bird myself. Uh, you are not. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I train. I meditate. I do martial arts. That bleeds into my life, my acting life, my family life. It teaches me patience and discipline you smiled when i said patience he has no patience (laughs) i i engage in mei which is a japanese word for awareness being present knowing your surroundings surroundings and munchen which is no mind and that's the practice of emptying your mind disconnecting from the thinking world as ridiculously hard as that may be and some days are harder than others but shodokan teaches me that 
And as you know, today was today was hard, wasn't it? Hard for me, yeah. It's rare, but it does happen, and I apologize for that, baby, because my my energy influenced your energy. Oh, but we got through it. We got through the day, and yeah. I I made a, an awesome dinner, and I think it was a killer dinner. That was an amazing. I hope there's leftovers. I ate them, <laughs> but um, but on those on those days when you when you're lucky enough to not be in a good mood. And you're lucky enough to uh, get a glimpse into that munching, as I said, it's it's nirvana. And as Milton says, the mind can make a heaven of hell and a hell of heaven. So to be a slave to your good habits and for the love of God, try to lose your mind. A good way of doing that, by the way, and which I do all the time, uh, is have ice baths or ice showers. Wait, when did you start that? Uh, 2020. Uh, didn't, didn't I start in 2020? I think so. On the pandemic. Um, we were listening to Russell Brand and he brought on Wim Hof. That's true. Uh, that's how it happens, yes. Listen to uh, Russell Brand's podcast. He talked about Wim Hof. Wim Hof was talking to him. <clears throat> I started researching him and his ice therapy and his breathing techniques. And uh, I would get up at maybe five, half five in the morning during the pandemic, I go out to the gym and I train, and then I come go down to the co-op. I get about ten, twenty bags of ice, I'd fill up the bath, and I'd sit there, <laughs> freezing cold. And you'd look at me like I got ten heads. But ice baths are a quick and effective way to take you out of your head and to make you feel invigorated. I do that every morning, most, and it's the it's the ice shower that I did this morning that turned around my morning. Um, but do you have do you have any that they're good habits, they're great habits, but do you have any bad habits? He's looking at me. <laughs> he does have oh, bad you habits. Know, you know I got bad habits. I, I, I like a drink. I, in fact, as we, sit, as we sit here in the car under the full moon, what do I have right there, if you can hear this? Uh, I said my, he could bring his, his evening drink down, and why not? It's a beautiful my evening. Terramana. Uh, like the rock says treat yourself don't cheat yourself tear a man on the rocks I do have bad habits I like a drink and I, and I love sugar and I love chocolate and, and I work hard on the good ones so I can enjoy the bad ones let's give some perspective on the chocolate um, okay, because because what happens is there's a knock on the door and a delivery arrives and a very large box it's, is dropped off yeah. and Emma opens it with such glee and it's full to the brim with this vegan chocolate of every kind that you could possibly imagine and I'm not that thrilled about it because, you know, I I like chocolate but I don't want to eat it all the time but in all fairness to you, you don't eat it all the time. You save your days and you enjoy it. Well, getting back to what The Rock says and I follow him on Instagram, he's like, don't, don't, uh, don't cheat yourself, treat yourself sort of thing. So there, I do have a day... Um, Friday, um, where I date night, date night, yes, where I indulge, but I, I, I have, <laughs> I guess I don't know whether you want to label it as a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, I do um, order. I mean, I would drop a couple of ton on a massive box of, as you said, vegan chocolates, Mars bars, Snickers, um, Maltesers, the works, and then on that one evening a week. I will take out, what, like a selection box? Or maybe I'd smash about eight bars. Oh, I don't know, but you get really excited and you lay them out like it's a presentation. <laughs> it's so strange. I do. I, that is strange when you say it. But when I'm doing it, it's completely normal. Um, but yeah, well, one evening a week, 
I smash it. I indulge. So let's talk about um, influences in your life because, you know, so many people will be watching you and, on, yeah. you know, and you, like I say, you're very open. You, you connect with so many people. You, you don't necessarily even know them, but they seem to sort of fall into patter with you and want to get to know your energy. And what are your influences? Who are you, who are you listening to? What inspires you? Who inspires you? Um, thank you for that that patter or that people that drop into those kind of... Uh, I never noticed that. That's something that you always say to me. But anyway, that, my, the things that influence me... Um, I listen quite a bit to Abraham Hicks online, Deepak Chopra. My feed on Instagram is is predominantly comedy and inspiring videos. So when I do fall into one of those, as we all do, Instagram black holes, I come out of the other end sometime later and I'm either touched or I'm laughing. And I think that's what's very important. But let's talk about, actually, just briefly, you touched on Instagram and um, social platforms because I think, you know, I have this sort of conflict sometimes that, you know, you're getting snippets of people's lives. It's not the full picture. It's edited just like movies, TV shows, and half it's on the the, the cutting room floor. But I think people are... Uh, sort of brainwashed to thinking they have to be perfect and perfect parents and have to have the perfect setups for for their children for themselves and have being to being a parent is hard oh it I is mean, hard yeah, yeah, it, but it, you've it, done it before it <laughs> yeah i have i've been doing it for about what is it 21 years this year my beautiful daughter kayla um no it's hard it's really fucking hard but there's 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 no better gig and if you look at it objectively, our kids are always the ones who draw the shortest straw. You know, we're the parents, yet they teach us. They teach us patience, humility, what real love is, how to live inside our imagination again. And we, as the parents, try not to fuck them up with our baggage, you know, inherited partly through our parents. So And so the pattern continues. And if I'm being honest, it's impossible not to damage them in some way. Sometimes that damage will be their making, but at the end of the day, we gotta help them for sure. We gotta love them. We gotta bear bear hug the shit out of them. Help navigate their lives so that they can express themselves and find their dharma. But um, we won't uh, we won't get it right, and we'll mess up along the way. And I know I have, but so long as I'm aware of that and I try to come from a caring, nurturing place, then that's all that surely matters you know you try your best you be gentle on yourself i know sometimes you my beautiful wife might feel guilty about ocean uh, watching a cartoon or you think you're neglecting him but i promise you you give so much of yourself intellectually spiritually and emotionally and if you were to give all you've all of you you'd have nothing left you need to recharge and he needs to be on his own for a bit as heartbreaking as that sounds, you are a sublime mother, <laughs> and you are doing great. It is hard uh, though, because you, you you do try to measure up to these other posts that you see, and you know that what you that's don't. That's not real, though. That's I know, and that's well, it is. It, it is. That's not true either. It is real, and it's inspiring some of the stuff that goes. But there 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 are other uh, facets, the hard parts. Nobody. Most people don't post the hard parts. Nobody really wants to watch the hard parts. I mean, it's just car crash reality TV. And, 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 you know, something that you always said to me was you, you'll feel so much love, love that you've never felt before, but the vulnerability, it, it, it has really it's knocked staggering. me. Yeah, it's really it's knocked me how, oh, should I just look at him and I just, and Fionn and Kayla, you know, I look at them and I'm just like, oh, 
God. Well, I lay beside him this evening, and he snuggled. <laughs> First, he like tried to soothe himself with a soothe himself with his blankie, and uh, then he got in real close to me, real close to my ear, and just put his arm around my neck, and fell asleep. And I just listened to his beautiful breathing. And my it's hypnotic. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's hypnotic. Their breathing when you can, you know, when uh, it's amazing. It's well, parenting amazing. is amazing. Our kids are little balls of infinite stardust. They light up the darkest skies, and if we're lucky to have them. That's nice. Huh? Especially yeah. on such a beautiful evening tonight. Um, well, when I feel sad, I can, I can find a lot of happy in that way of thinking. And that's how I, that's how I like to see it. Okay. Um, Sorry, I keep turning my head He does keep me. turning his head, and I keep <laughs> chasing him with the, the yeah. recorder. Yeah. Um, let's talk, you touched on, um, uh, actually, veganism just, just lightly then. Can we just talk about that bit? And it's not in a preachy way or anything, because actually you're yeah, not a yeah. preachy vegan, no. and I don't think you ever have been, and you actually don't judge anybody who has a different type of life and and so on. But I suppose God Himself does not propose to judge man till the end of days. Why should you or I? Oh, there we go. But I want to know why you turn vegan. I mean, I know, but people out there well, don't I mean, know the story. You, you've said a couple of really nice things to me, uh, being on this podcast, and, this, and it's been lovely. But um, uh, you inspired me to become vegan, actually. Uh, for whatever reason, and certainly this is my side of the story, you just, one day, you just stopped. You stopped eating meat. You didn't want to be part of that world. And, and I was confused by that, and I loved the taste of steak you know i i was convinced that like unless a fucking plant learned how to grow a quarter pounder i would never turn vegan so it was kind of um when you turned i was like well you, you're you're cool with like i'm still gonna be eating steak you're gonna make a steak right and you were like yeah yeah that's fine i just don't want to be part of this and i was like okay and then one evening I forget what it was. I think we were doing AD at the time. Was it? Were we doing AD? I think we were filming an NBC show at the time. Yeah, yeah. in Morocco. Uh, I came back, got some um, shopping, and we live in this beautiful, uh, renovated, uh, open plan barn, and I dumped it on the kitchen um, island, and I could hear crying coming from our bedroom, and immediately I uh, got worried, and I ran into the room, and I could see you sitting on the edge of the bed with your back to me and their laptop was on the bed and was open and I was paused on a Gary Yurofsky, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his surname correctly, uh, video on YouTube called The Greatest Speech Ever Made. Of course it's not, but it's the title of it, right? And this guy Gary is this animal activist genius that he is and very, very learned and very intelligent. And you had it stopped on a, uh, on a slaughterhouse video and... Um, you were crying, and I said, well, uh, what's wrong with you? What, what, what happened? And you went, uh, why is the world so cruel? And I was looking at the laptop, and I was like, oh, man, I don't want to press play on this, because I know if I press play on this, then it's going to just open this, open a Pandora's box in my head. I'm probably going to stop eating meat, and I love the taste of meat. But if I don't press play on this, then I'm the, I'm the coward that didn't press play, and I, and I don't think I could have gone to bed with that guy. So I pressed play, and for three minutes I watched that video. And then when it was over, I closed the laptop, and I said to you, I'm with you, baby, didn't I? Mm -hmm. I said, I'm with you. And from that moment on, I didn't touch it. And it's very easy to... Um, certainly, and people say that it was a difficult to give up, and it really it really wasn't. I mean, if I'd given up, if I'd given up for... Excuse me. 
If I'd given up for environmental reasons, I'd probably still be eating meat. If I'd given up for health reasons, I'd probably still be eating meat because I didn't have much of an interest in that. But the minute I made an emotional connection to the to the animal that was in that field and the steak that was littering my plate, the that was so easy. We make emotional connections to dogs and cats and stuff, and we think it abhorrent that anybody could ever kill or hurt an animal like that. Well, you have that same emotional connection with all animals, and it just it just opens your heart, you know, and it allows so much love and compassion. And I was convinced that, like, there was part of me that was convinced. I'm waffling now for a little bit, but I know that we have to fill some time. So, there's part <laughs> part of me was a a large part of me was convinced that, like, by by eating by eating meat, um, that I was ingesting bad energy. Uh, and who knows karma. maybe that's true Fear. we don't know we don't know um, well I, I i know that I, it's it's not like this isn't something i hypothesize about my beliefs and someone else's beliefs by all means go for it i'm not one to impose my own but you asked me the question i 100 percent believe that everything about uh uh everything that i do is is about energy and i can feel that energy Actually, you're quite into. Um, well, actually, I can't say you're into it. I think you, you will kind of. Uh, uh, yes, he's taking a drink there. I think you'll actually entertain my thinking because I'm quite. I, I quite like the wild world in terms of um, the moon magic, the energy of the moon crystals, yeah, yeah. Uh, sage, and you. Yeah, you're open that. to it, and you. It's, <laughs> yeah, you it's, like, I find it entertaining. I, I love your passion for it. We are sponsored today by Supernova Living, an amazing wellness powder that is packed full of adaptogenic herbs and proteins. It's got red maca, wild chaga, ashwagandha, and so much more. I literally, in the morning, just shake it up with my gorgeous almond milk, and it's just fresh and ready for the day to get you feeling plant-powered and ready. So if you want to try this amazing organic powder, just head over to supernovaliving.com and use the code with intention to get your twenty percent off. Enjoy, everyone. I love I love to see you uh, believe so wholeheartedly in something, and I just like when you decided out, just out of nowhere that you were going to be vegan, and you just knew it. You, you didn't know. You just you just felt it in your bones. But didn't I say to you even strange things such as I said I know I'm going to be a mum. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I know I'm going to be a mum. Very and I'm up, and yeah. I'm going to have a boy first. Yeah. And then I'm going to have a girl, and, and I told you, I I've told friends as well. well. That comes back to like the manifestation sort of thing, you know. Let's you talk know, about manifesting because I know our audience okay. are really, really okay. into, yeah. and they they love new hacks. So if there's any yeah, yeah, hacks yeah. that you can share with us, anything that you think that could be helpful for someone out there, let's just talk about okay. your method, and then we'll just explore that and what you do. Because I think just as because I get to observe you, I think you manifest beautifully and effortlessly. Now you're in a typical Aquarius. You're not ever looking behind you and seeing who's following you. You just go by. You're a lone wolf. That's mm-hmm. the only way. You know. You're not looking for anybody to follow you and do what you do and also you are not a competitive jealous guy you you you're so different and i think that's why so many people are attracted to you because there's there's no resentment which is beautiful so let's talk about your manifesting techniques and what you do and even if you don't know what it is that you do <laughs> pray do share <laughs> i think i think most people think about what they don't want and get it or they think about what they do want and they only see the absence of it. 
Okay, and there's nothing wrong with wanting something so long as, as long as that's not where you think your happiness lies. And the number one thing that's important, I think, I know, I believe, to manifest the life that you desire is through happiness. You gotta be fucking happy. Be happy to get the happy. But you've got so, to authentically feel that. Yeah, of course, you, yeah, you, can't, you can't cheat the energy. You've got to be happy to be happy. Don't think that you'll be happy when you get there. Be happy now. And that's hard. I make, I make it sound easy. And, and, and like I know what I'm talking about. But I didn't wake up this morning, as you know, happy. Okay, I woke up with a sadness inside of me. And I had to work for it today. Sometimes you have to, to work for it. You have to mind for it. I met my, my sensei, Anthony Pendlebury, in Starbucks. Uh, and I, I was saying to him about my day and he turned to me and said it takes confidence to have a day off it takes confidence to have a day off uh, son of a bitch ain't that that beautiful mm. that, just that the simplicity of that and it's okay to have a day off and it's it's perfectly okay to have a because day because then off. you can realign and then you can go oh that's that feeling that I don't want to sit in let's mm. shift that because yeah, then yeah. you've got the shade you've got the contrast be aware of that as well and don't Abraham Hicks will often talk about the contrast of course and understanding yeah, it's, it. It's, it's, it's good but I also try not to be specific about what I want so I'd like, I'd like um, I'll, I'll need for nothing I want for very little and I just choose what turns up um, I remember during my famine induced part of my career I was very specific God, I remember that. And because I was, things dried up. I closed myself off to opportunities that I, I couldn't see because I was so blinkered on what I thought I wanted and the direction I thought I had to go. And uh, when really you just need an end game, an end point, and then you set out on that journey and you let the cards fall where they may without judging it. You know, you just, just no judgment. You just go with the flow. Allow yourself to be taken to places without putting a scorecard on it. It's a happier journey when you do. You have fearless faith and you, you trust the universe. It's like that that's, uh, sat analogy um, where it, like, if I'm sitting in my car, as we are right now, and I decide I want to go to London, I put in my sat-nav where I want to go and the universe or the sat-nav will go calculating and then I'll see that, that, that my route, right? And I'll know that I'm going to get there in about four, four and a half hours. And I see the route. And I have absolute fearless faith in that. That's brilliant. But along the way, something's going to happen. Along the way, I'm going to get hungry. I'm going to have to pull over. There's going to be some roadworks. You're absolutely going to have to go to the toilet as well. (laughs) I'm definitely going to be hungry for some chocolate. (laughs) Uh, There's going to be some roadworks. There'll be bad traffic. There'll be be all sorts of obstacles. And every time something like that happens, the... The sat-nav goes recalculating, recalculating, and it just sets you on your new path. So it's that kind of fearless faith that I know I'm going to get to my destination. I know I'm going to get to that end point, but the journey along the way is going to have a shit ton of obstacles and surprises and stuff like that. And it's about not being so aggressive when they present themselves, but to just to take it take it in your stride and just go like, yeah, okay, this is just part of the journey. I'm going to try and enjoy this. And sometimes it's really, really, really beautiful. So trust it. Do you remember you, um, you locked both your keys in the car? Oh, my God. And um, you had to get a, you had to get a ferry, and uh, just you were very strangely relaxed about it all, uh, even though you knew you had to get back because <laughs> you were filming. And oh, know. Um, you know, but it's strange you you sort of surrendered to the universe, and a friend turned up, helped us, and um, out came the keys, and off you went. But I th- I remember. But there's look- no point in struggling against the moment yeah, because you can't it, change the moment, which I I struggle with. <laughs> oh, I struggle yeah, with the struggle. Yeah. Um, but you're aware of it. 
Mm. But, but something interesting about you that I suppose not most well, the people that may be listening to this that might have this, they don't, you can't see like everybody else. Can you oh, explain that? Okay, right, yeah, okay. I don't yeah. want to, I want you to explain I, it. I, I, it's really difficult to explain because I only just discovered it. I, I assumed that everybody saw like me. I just, it's kind of like, I, I, I don't know what it's kind of like, but it's just, I have mind blindness. So I think it's about maybe 3% of the population have mind blindness. I can't see pictures. I don't, I can't. So if someone yeah, I can't says, envisage something. Yeah. So if I said to you, imagine a grey elephant, you cannot do that, can you? No, I know what a grey elephant looks like. And if I saw one, I'd say, there it is right there. But if I close my eyes, all I see is darkness. I can't see a picture of a grey elephant. It's something that I thought everybody for the my whole life went through. Like, I remember seeing, like, cop shows where they go, like, can you identify the the perpetrator? And they'd be, like, drawing the picture. And I'd be like, there's no way they'd be able to find the information. If I see somebody's face, I'd be lucky to remember what colour eyes they have. So it's that kind of that kind of thing. If you tell me to um, to picture a better future and, and, and a vision board, I can't do that. If you tell me to remember the stuff uh, that's happened in my past, I can't do that. I remember vibrations. I remember feelings of situations, but I don't remember. I can't see anything. In oh, pictures. it's it's so, a it's a nightmare when you're trying to tell him. I want the room to look like this. We need to get this piece here to go on this wall here. And you're talking about re, oh. re, yeah, renovating the house or something like that. I'll be like, look, just just show me the end result. So everything everything for me. As a result is, and I used to question, I was like, what a superpower that is. I can't believe, like, I'd look at you and go, so you can see this? And I'd be like, and you'd be like, yeah. And I said, it's an incredible superpower. But then again, you, if your head is flooded with that, my head is clear. I don't have any of that. I have thoughts and I can have negative thoughts, but I can never have a negative uh, visual pattern in my head. So everything for me is right now. Everything that I see is the moment, the present moment. But that might be your, is, that might be your, sorry, um, your secret to manifesting because you're not pushing these images so much and being taunted by good images and bad images. I think, I think, I think it's part, I, I think I'm released from that kind of burden and then the, the things that I, I um, uh, how I manifest, what I manifest is all based through energy. And just feelings and instinct, like even when I'm on set, that kind of thing where I just, I get on set and I allow the moment to use me rather than me trying to manipulate the moment. I don't try to um, envisage what it would be like to be in, I just try to um, uh, uh, lose myself in the situation that's having me. And that's how I do my acting. At least that's how I've realised I do my acting. And it's how I live my life. Okay, so let's go into the acting then. Um, oh, geez, that was a good segue. Yes, thank you very much. Um, how do you how do you tackle jobs? You know, like how do how do you when you go on set or when you're when you've been cast? How do you go about executing that the way you do? Because whatever you deliver, it resonates and it's beautiful. Well, I, I I disagree with that. I mean, I've done some shit stuff where I've been the worst thing in it, and um, I've done some good stuff. Uh, but um, uh, I think I, I learned a really, really good uh, lesson a few years ago. I was cast in a, 
in a TV series by Harlan Coben called Safe, uh, dancing opposite Amanda Abington and Michael C. Hall, among many brilliant others. And I, at that time, I was at a, the cold, unforgiving floor of rock bottom, you know, professionally, emotionally, personally, you were there, you witnessed it. And when that job came along, I grabbed it with both hands. I was like delighted to be part of something like that. And I got on set. And on set, I was cast number 27, right? And um, so for all intents, uh, intents and purposes, you could have cut out my storyline, my C storyline that it was. And it would have probably made little to no difference to the principal narrative, you know? And... Not that there was anything wrong with being number 27. I was very grateful for it. I mean, the famous saying, there's no such thing as as, as um, small parts, only small actors. But then again, that's probably something actors with small parts uh, would <laughs> say. But um, yeah, so, I was, so being at, uh, 27 on that and knowing that I, if they were running over time and they had to edit it, that mine would probably be the first storyline to lose. Lo- um, they would lose and let's face it some of my best performances have always been on the cutting room floor and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people can vouch for that Uh, there was a lot of freedom in that and there was a lot of um, um, you were more playful and open oh man playful open and available uh, and I, like my my process, where I, I would I would ferociously learn the script so much that I wouldn't have to be shackled by it. I would always I just it would be always there. I wouldn't have to think about the words I'm saying. I could improvise if I want. I can stick to the script. I can take the notes. I can f- listen to my fellow co-stars and play with them. So when I got on set and knowing that I had that freedom and knowing that I had nothing to lose was fucking great. And then directly after that, Nicola Schindler, who also produced Safe, she uh, cast me, thanks to uh, our wonderful little friend, Anthony Byrne, <laughs> talent that he is. <laughs> um, she, uh, I was, he cast me in Butterfly, opposite Anna Friel, where I went from a 27 to a 2. And it was miserable. I had a horrible time. Like initially. The, initially, a horrible time. For the first few weeks, it was just the amount of pressure I put on myself, wanting to nail the scenes, wanting it to be perfect, and that doesn't exist. Wanting, knowing that like I'd know where to hide, knowing that I had the responsibility to carry this shoulder along with uh, <laughs> carry this show along with Anna, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I, the misery that I found there was, um, but you created- and the pressure that I put on myself. Of course, I created it myself. Yeah. And because um, everyone else was absolutely lovely around you, every, yeah, yeah. But the, I mean, that's that's the thing, though. Like when, when you're in your head, none of that, none of that actually matters. And I kept thinking to myself, what, what, when was I happy? Uh, I, I want to get back to being happy when I was in safe, you know, and when I was free and stuff like that. And it suddenly dawned on me, I need to play it like a twenty-seven. And from that moment, I remember saying that to myself. The very next day, I walked into Butterfly as a number two and played it as a 27. And every single John that has followed since, whether I'm one, two, three, four, five, six, and then again, I go in and I play it as a 27. Not every single job. Sometimes I have to have conversations like this with you in a car, (laughs) cold car, uh, (laughs) under a moon to remind myself to do that. But essentially that's one of the the great lessons, that freedom, that um, nothing to lose. it's just, it's remarkable. That's how I tackle my jobs. And what's on your foot? 
27. Yeah. 27. A little yeah. serendipity there. Yeah. He's got um, his daughter's birthday tattooed on his foot. Yeah. Uh, I think that's quite interesting. So, okay, there's lots of people out there, and actually some people messaged me on Instagram and they wanted to know what advice you can give actors or people that want to get into acting or so on. What would you, what, what, what would you offer? Um, the same advice that I give for acting, I give for everything. And never say anything about yourself that you don't want to come true. And if you knew how powerful uh, your words were, you'd never speak a negative word again ever. You gotta, you gotta change your dialogue with yourself and about yourself. Trust me, I mean, I've been very cruel to myself. But the minute you do that, you generate feelings that match, and those feelings are the fuel to your wildest dreams. And whether you know that they're yours or not. And that's never say anything about yourself that you don't want to come true. Um, practice what we talk about all the time and sometimes we neglect all mm-hmm. the time. Practice gratitude, being of service to other people. To see, I mean, the secret to living is giving. So be giving. But that giving has to come from a place of genuine love and you've got to love yourself, not in an arrogant, conceited way, but in a nurturing way. And um, uh, be confident. Good Lord, be confident. With confidence, you've... You've won before you've even started. As Rumi says, live life as though everything is rigged in your favour and your confidence will help that practice. It's actually interesting you should say that because there was a friend of um, ours, uh, their grandmother was out um, with their grandson. Just uh, to give you context, this grandson goes to the same nursery as what Ocean does and um, a lady approached the grandmother and said, um, oh, does your child go to this particular nursery? And I think for a moment that grandmother was like, oh, what, what do you mean? You know, a bit, bit hostile for a moment. Defensive. Defensive, that's yeah. the word. And then she said, yes. And the lady said, well, that's wonderful because you can just tell from this particular nursery the children are so happy, so confident. <laughs> and, you know, it's true. <laughs> and I think we want that for Ocean, you know. We want him to feel that confidence. And, I don't um, think he's lacking in that department, <laughs> let's face it. Heck no. Uh, he's see. a wild one and we, we know it. But, he, yeah. you know, he certainly challenges us every day and makes us sort of, you know, you take deep breaths and you sometimes have to take a moment for yourself because... I, I don't want him to him to ever see... Well, I don't mind him seeing m- the vulnerable side of me, but I want him to feel empowered by me as well and, and that I am there for him. Mm. Yeah, Through yeah. thick and thin, you know? And you are, you're great. So, is there anything else you'd like to share? Is there anything that you uh, anybody's asked me? About well, they wanted to know what it's like to be married to me. Oh, That's Lord. true. Someone actually did ask that, and I wasn't going to throw it in there, but I thought, I thought, it, let's did just... Uh, Let's was, just ask him. Was it you that asked no, the question? No, it wasn't me. Are you sure? Absolutely. Go right. on. Okay. It's absolutely intolerable. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely painful. I don't, I don't know. You are, you say this to me all the time. You said this to me when we got married in New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact, I forget what this, this speech was that you'd said just before we got married. But you said I was the most annoying man on the planet. And everyone... Your friends and my friends, your family and my family laughed in agreement. Yep. My point is, I could possibly say the same about you, but I say it in, in such a loving way. I think being married to you has been, uh, has been one of the meeting you in 2010. Actually, I met you before then, but... He did. Here's a story that nobody knows. Actually, might as well share it. So Emmett auditioned to play opposite me 
in, in Hollyoaks and there was loads of guys that auditioned and he in my opinion at that point was the only one that I felt I could really connect with and play with and thought this guy can really act so I went up to uh, uh, Tony Wood who was the exec at the time Tony Wood Chopper Wood yes. the legend and I went up and I said oh listen this is the guy I think he's brilliant but he said no no we've kind of got looking for something slightly different and I went up again I went please please Probably someone with a, with a more subtle accent yeah, possibly. <laughs> Someone he could understand. But this is where the universe. This is where the universe already had a master plan here because they declined you for that part, even though they knew you were amazing. That you weren't forgotten, and actually you came back and played Brendan, who was an iconic but character. He, this comes to one of the quotes uh, that my my sister sent me, and I'll never forget it because I was testing for Constantine in uh, the in LA, and it was between me and the beautiful Matt Ryan and. And uh, anyway, I did the I did the test, and I actually turned up to the testing uh, with NBC Suite uh, with David Goyer and 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 MB without my shoes on. I, I forgot, know, I remember. I forgot to put my shoes on, so I went in and bare feet. And David said, "Emma, do you want to put your?" I was like, "Oh shit, David, so sorry. Do you want me to get them?" And he goes, "No, no, continue on." So um, they probably thought. In fact, the feedback was he was too much a wild one, but. Um, I, unpredictable and I think you've had that a few times in your career that people think oh oh he's the wild card and he would be absolutely amazing for the show but they always go for that safe option sometimes I'm not saying Matt was a safe option on this particular one but just in general on other shows he's they've gorgeous got, cheekbones he, and he's a very talented guy he is but extremely yeah, no, talented but yeah no it, my, my point was this I remember then I flew home uh, after doing the testing it was my first ever test as well you were there as well in LA randomly as well and then I flew home because uh, I was shooting a, a gangster show called Breakdown with Craig Fairbrass, which was great crack. And I, I la- landed in the hotel and I lay down and went to sleep. I felt very confident over it. And then about two or three in the morning, I just sat bolt up and I just went, I didn't get it. Mm. And as I said, I didn't get it, a text message came in and it was from my sister. And she said, and she had no idea what had happened. She just sent it to me because she liked the quote. And any time you think you're being rejected from something good, you're being redirected to something better. Don't forget that. And yes, I was rejected for from playing your boyfriend <laughs> in in the fake world, but I was redirected to Brendan Brady, which changed everything. And to play my husband in the real world. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I would like to thank you so much. How long have we done so far? We've done Thirty-eight minutes. That's all right, you know. Yeah. We've done a good, That's all right. good chat here, and actually, you know, um, it's nice for us to do this because we have to really. We don't we, get to talk much. We don't get to talk much with Ocean and Fion. <laughs> um, and now we've got my mum here, and she likes to chitter chatter. So um, yeah, mm. it's uh, it's a busy house at the moment. But thank you so much for coming on with Thanks intention, and um, I think you've given some some real nuggets there for people to take away and hopefully implement in their own lives. And if you're enjoying our podcast, everybody out there, please do review us, rate us and share us. It really, really does help and have a fabulous day ahead. If you've enjoyed listening to With Intention, why not give us a fabulous rating? Help us connect with more like-minded people like yourselves and build out our fabulous community. Or subscribe to our podcast and you'll never miss an episode.